Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Happy 2021. Oh my God, it's 2021. Hallelujah. Bless celestial Jesus, whoever. (laughs) Just this year has got to be better. Like, it has to be. It has to be. There's, I mean, I hope so. I hope it's better because 2021 wild but um we made it and thank you all for sticking with us yeah (laughs) um yeah we we hope everyone um oh sorry I'm talking over you as usual I'm just so excited you're good you're good yeah I was just gonna say we took some time off at the end of the year just for the holidays and I think what you were about to say is we hope you all had a good good holidays good Christmas or whatever you celebrate because we we enjoyed it, I guess, COVID style. So <laughs> exactly, that's what I was gonna say. Like, thanks, thanks to you guys for being patient because we did take off um, two weeks actually. Um, one yeah. of those was my fault. Which, Katie, I haven't really talked to you about that, and I'm kind of curious if other listeners have the same symptoms as me. I'm like totally using this as my advantage. But um, I remember how I was telling you I was like super dizzy and had vertigo and it was like the weirdest thing I've ever yeah. gone through. Like it was so bad. I couldn't even stand up. I couldn't walk in a straight line. I was like vomiting. It was so bad. I've never experienced vertigo in my life or like that level dizzy. And uh, I went to the doctor and apparently I have a crystal, like a microscopic crystal in my inner ear that tickles the hair on the inside which triggers to the brain that I'm should be dizzy slash have vertigo. That's so fucking crazy. And it's apparently really common. So any listeners, if you have it, hit us up because I'm like new to this world of having a crystal in my ear. And I sound like a crazy person by being like, oh, guys, don't worry. I'm a little dizzy because the the crystal in my ear is tickling (laughs) my hair. So don't worry. Are you feeling better? Yeah, much better. The doctor gave me these like exercises to do, like where you just basically move, move your head around and like it dislodges the crystal. So but I'll have it for the rest of my life. So at any point, it can just lodge itself back up in there. Wow. Wow. No. Anyways, that's my story. Hope you guys enjoyed it. But also, if anyone else has the same symptom, uh, let me know. And how how right into us. (laughs) Happy uh, 2020. Uh, that was the end of my 2020. <laughs> Crystal in my um, I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs before we get into our episode. I I did shout them out on Patreon already, but um, we haven't done it on the regular podcast yet. So new patrons. Whoop, whoop. We have Woo. Bailey, which is a very cute name. Such a uh, cute name. Nicole. Hi. Thank Hi, you. And... Catherine, hi. hi. Um, kind of cool story about Catherine. I met her in a Facebook group that was um, for another podcast, actually, called Something Was Wrong, which is a really good podcast if you guys are into, like, learning about gaslighters and, and, and abuse like that. Anyway, we were talking about – there was some kind of thread – about that and we we met like as ex-mormons and I told her about the podcast and then she went and listened and then joined us on patreon so very cool uh yeah anyway so hi Bailey Catherine and Nicole oh sorry I made a loud sound (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyways, hi and thank you. And thanks for joining us on Patreon. Yes. Uh, hi, you guys. And thank you so much. And as always, thank you to our other patrons. And yes. with that segue, Katie. We have a very special guest today. And her name is Tana. Hi, Tana. Hi, guys. Oh my God, you guys, Tana is on the show, and I have to just give this little shout out, because Katie told me this before the we started recording. Tana is our number one listener and patron. Like, yep. what the hell? We are so excited to have you on the show and honored, so thank you. Oh, man, I'm so excited, too. You guys, like, were seriously um, so cathartic to listen to like after I left the church but I would just like uh-huh. put you guys on repeat like uh-huh. in the background after I listened to it the first time because uh-huh. it was just like calming that is yeah. so sweet I love that so much <laughs> literally that uh, there's a there's a small tear in my eye I'm not even exaggerating or like being ridiculous right now that's so nice to hear <laughs> and like exactly the the motivation that we have to keep the podcast going so oh thank you Tana yeah so Tana um yeah like we said she's been a long time listener and we've been she's on Patreon we've been chatting and I think she has a really great story to share and so Tana I'll let you I guess start however far back or whatever you want to tell us about your background but um I think the a big focus of today's episode is going to be about um, like bisexuality and navigating that uh, with obviously leaving Mormonism as a, as a focus as well. So yeah, Tana, tell us about where, where do you want to begin? You want to tell us your background or what? Uh, yeah. Um, so I feel like there are little blips of, um, like, well, I guess, like, hints to myself, like, looking back, um, that should have clued me in, (laughs) in terms of, like, my sexuality, but, um, I guess I'll just start at the beginning, because it helps explain it, um, so I grew up in the church, um, both sides of my family are very intensely involved, uh, in the church, and kind of the theme of both sides is, uh, obedience with exactness, as my dad likes to put it. Obedience uh, with exactness? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, anything that's been said over the pulpit or in the scriptures or in the ensign or whatever magazines they have now, um, <laughs> they kind of take as law. Uh, oh, wow. That's like a that's a recipe for disaster because there's so much shit that has been said, you know, especially over time. Like, I mean, as we know, we've covered a lot of stuff that's been said in those magazines, and they're very yeah. troubling. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. They they're very well intentioned for sure, but um, be sorry because of that attitude. Um, I my entire like childhood, I kind of repressed almost everything natural about myself yeah um, especially my sexuality um so that's kind of why it took so long for me to actually figure out where I'm at on the spectrum Uh um so yeah like all through high school like and before uh I 
did everything I could to, you know, be the picture perfect uh, Mormon woman. Uh, and I felt very empty because of that. Um, you know, you're not being authentic when, like, that's what you're trying to, like, emulate, you know? Right. Um, so I had a lot of anxiety and, like, depression as well. Um, but after I graduated high school, I left Arizona and went to school in Logan, Utah. Um, and it was, it was like, I don't know things got a little worse in some ways, but it also like pushed me to relax my standards a little bit, which was a very good thing. Um, so, <laughs> and it's like, I relaxed like in the tiniest ways possible. It was like, I let myself watch movies on Sunday and <laughs> I would let myself skip Sunday school on days when I just couldn't handle the people in my ward anymore. Oh, um, you rebel. <laughs> You're horrible. I mean, I you didn't like the so fakeness. This is <laughs> ridiculous. But um, I also had my first crush on a girl my freshman year at school. Okay. Um, which was, I, it was, it was interesting. I didn't officially recognize it at the time. Um, she was one of my roommates and I just like, I just thought I really looked up to her. Uh, but like looking back, uh, she was like so much of what I wanted to be, and she was also very attractive. And um, the way I felt towards her was like distinctly different from like other like friends that I had. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And honestly, looking back on it now, it kind of reminds me of how I felt about my husband when we first started dating. Um, But so there was her. And then uh, after I got into my program, uh, my sophomore year, there was another girl that I had a crush on that for a lot of the same reasons. Um, But I don't know. Sorry, can I ask a question real quick? Yeah, please. (laughs) Do you hear my little snake sound on the background? I was waiting for the right time to ask. Um, <laughs> at this point, like, so with your roommate, um, your freshman year, and then the second year as well, did it occur in your mind at that point that you were attracted to them or that you could possibly have, like, a chemistry or connection that's beyond just friendship? Or was it just later that you realized that? Um, just later. Okay. I um I couldn't figure out like what was different about how I felt towards them because I I was so sheltered growing up like I had almost zero exposure to anything like lesbian like I knew that they existed um but I I thought that it was I just didn't even think about it because I had so little exposure. It's almost Um, like anything other than being totally straight, like, didn't even exist. At least for me growing up Mormon, it was like the the idea of being bisexual or anything besides heterosexual just wasn't a thing, which is bizarre to think about now. (laughs) Yeah, same for me. 
No, I agree completely. That is exactly how I felt. Um, but yeah, so um, I didn't put very much stock into it just because I didn't have the context, I don't think. Um, and plus, like, the focus, especially in a Mormon college town, is you have to find a guy um, uh-huh. and get married as fast as possible. So, like, I was so focused on that that I didn't even think that I might want a relationship with a girl. Right. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, they were both, like, really good friends of mine and definitely helped me, like, relax a little bit and kind of start getting to know myself, like, my true self, um, which was really nice. Um, but then I reconnected with my now husband, who I had gone to school with in, like, high school. Uh-huh. Um, and so he got home from his mission after my junior year of college. Um, and we kind of reconnected and hit it off and did the whole typical <laughs> Mormon uh, got engaged in two months. And, no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, luckily, we had already known each other for like eight years at that point. Um, yeah. But it was pretty quick because we were pretty fucking horny. <laughs> um, <laughs> They they all are, right? They just don't (laughs) say that. They're just like, we want to start a family. And we all know they just want a bone. (laughs) No, that's exactly what it was. And uh, so we got married in the spring um, because I didn't want a Christmas wedding. Plus, I knew like four other people that were getting married at that time. So I made my husband wait an extra three months. Oh, it uh, might be one of the most Mormon things I've ever heard. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> it was the worst. Oh, my God. Um, but honestly, like, he has been, like, a huge part of this journey. Uh, and honestly, we both feel, like, super lucky because so many people that, like, rush into marriage like that, um don't fit as well as they think they do Uh um and I just feel like we got super lucky because if anything uh leaving the church and exploring sexually together has been has brought us like so much closer together um which I feel very 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 fortunate for Um, that's amazing yeah I was just gonna ask because I know you know so often we've, you know, had questions or people and, you know, questions that I've even wondered to, like, if you get married in the temple, and if one decides to leave, you know, how do you manage it if the other doesn't, or if you both decide to leave, like, it's got to be a huge, huge, I don't want to say strain, but even as someone who left the church without a partner, at the time, it was so difficult, because it's, you know, you have to find your own identity, and it's like a basically identity crisis at that point and you're just like going through all these feelings and emotions so I can't even imagine how much more it could possibly be difficult more difficult in a relationship unless both people are on the same page and also just 
being really patient and understanding with each other. So that's really incredible that your husband was that supportive partner during that whole process. Yeah, agreed. Well, 100%. He handled things so well. Um, So he actually started his faith transition about like two and a half years before I did. Um, So it was like a year after we got married, uh, his brother left the church and um, my husband was really struggling with a lot of like organizational issues in our ward um, uh-huh. because they're not very well managed, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, our ward was really not very good about including Jesus in like sacrament meeting or in the lessons and stuff. Mm. It was all just, like, the church propaganda and, um, you know, stuff that's not very... uh, Christ-centered, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that really bothered him and kind of opened the door to a lot of other issues. Um, And so he... It was about a year and a half um, that he was like researching the shit out of everything and um we had a baby during that time and uh luckily he like I said he was very respectful um towards me and like my fear of leaving the church um because yeah I was just gonna ask how was it for you when he first initially started questioning it at that time how did you feel I was terrified. Um, I was, I, I will give myself a little bit of credit. I didn't like freak out at him or uh, kind of give him a ultimatum or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of just like, well, I have to stay, but I mean, as long as we're good and you don't go crazy, <laughs> then like, do whatever you feel like you need to. Um, That is really great of you because sadly I've heard so many stories about marriages that have actually been completely broken up because someone has lost their faith at an earlier time than the other because mm -hmm. they don't give them that grace and that space like both ways. And so that's really awesome that you did that both for each other. Yeah. And that you were, like really open because I mean, obviously I've never been married, but like I've had to since leaving the church send quite a few apology emails to people who I was close to who were Mormon who decided to leave the church. And I got on my high horse and was just like, (laughs) Oh, I really think you should come back. And it's greatly (laughs) affected me. And it was all about me, 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 you know, like I had no empathy or understanding of the situation. And obviously after you go through it, you're like, shit, that's exactly what someone doesn't want to hear when they're going through that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really amazing that you didn't respond that way. Thanks. Um, I feel like a lot of it was out of fear, honestly. I was just, like, I don't know. Like, I was just so scared to say the wrong thing and mess everything up um, that I kind of default to just not saying anything. Uh, but but yeah so we kind of lived in that 
kind of limbo, uh, like walking on eggshells type of situation where we were both trying to let each other do uh, what we wanted, but we weren't exactly happy with what the other person was doing. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel like I was kind of in survival mode for most of that time, just kind of hoping that like, oh, if I'm like really strong and do everything right, then he'll come back. Oh, yeah, that's all too familiar that we hear. Oh, yeah. uh, which that's exhausting. Like that drained my um, like energy more than anything else has, honestly. Um, I can't even imagine that you're putting so much pressure on yourself for something that, first of all, we know now is fake, but also something that you can't control about another person believing. But yeah, like we've been taught, especially as Mormon women, you're taught like that your righteousness will help you obtain this this husband that's priesthood worthy. And so if you're just better and if you pray harder and if you're, quote unquote, good enough then you can bring them back. And that's shitty. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Yeah. Oh, oh man. That, no, that's exactly it. And it, honestly, it goes right into like what actually opened me up to considering that the church might be fake uh-huh. um, was uh, my husband started following uh, the Facebook page um, uh, Missed in Sunday School. Oh, yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. Is that the one with the really funny memes? They're like quite a bit more. They like take things that prophets or scriptures have said and they'll just have them quoted. And then oh, that's right. It's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. And so he was scrolling through it one day and I looked over his shoulder and the quote that was that he was reading uh, hit me like straight to the core um I'm gonna read it it was by Joseph Fielding Smith uh and it said when the wife is faithful and desires to obey the divine law and the husband is rebellious or unwilling to obey the will of the Lord if she maintains her integrity to the best of her ability she will be given to another husband in eternity and will receive all the blessings of the celestial kingdom oh my god I just felt physically sick yeah. And that that's exactly how I felt for like two days after I read that. And I was like, okay, so that's exactly the attitude I'm trying to have to save my relationship with my husband. He's getting more and more certain in the path that he's on. So, and like, essentially, I'm doing this so that I just won't have any choice and who my eternal companion is going to be after spending a life building like a relationship with this person that I love. You're just, you'd just be given to someone else in the next life. Like you're a piece of property. Yeah. No choice at all. Oh, and that, that's what like really got through to me. Um, and so two days later, I, asked him to show me the CES letter, which he had mentioned a couple of times. And I... That's a big one. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, So, and I was at home with our son. Um, I wasn't working at the time um, because he was still really little. And 
I read the whole thing in one day and he got home from work and I was like, yeah, I'm done. <gasps> done. Wow. Yeah. That was fast. Oh yeah. my word. Well, I mean, I feel like the decision was fast only because I had spent the last like two years before that, like slowly knowing that yeah. that was right. And then that was just the straw that broke it, you know? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, wow. Like, uh, sorry, I'm I'm speechless. I can't (laughs) speak and I'm on a podcast. Um, (laughs) I just, yeah, that same feeling of reading the CES letter, I, I put it off for a long time. Not super long. I think it was like six months or so. Although people who are listening to the first episodes are probably like, that bitch said three months or four. I don't know. Time is irrelevant. I don't know how long ago it was. But the point being is I remember being like, you can't go back after that. Like when I read it, even though I still wanted to be in the church because of fear, like I was still so scared and was like, I'm going to go to hell. But then I was just like, how do you how do you go forward from here once you've read that letter and you know all the truth? Like it's impossible to go forward in this religion. And so Mm -hmm. like, I I don't know, like for me, it still took me a while. Like I was like, I'm just taking a break from the church, but that's really (laughs) powerful that you were able to be like, okay, I'm done. Like, that's it. Well, I I feel like there's a lot of things that kind of played into the, the finality of like being able to make that decision so fast. Well, looking like it happened really fast. Um, but I just, I feel like I've spent the past two years doing everything right and getting all the wrong feelings. Mm. And then as soon as I read that, it was like wrong according to Mormons, but it gave me all of the peace that I've been searching for. So in the moment, it felt very easy to make that decision, even though it had been building for like two years. Good for you. Yeah. Oh. And so, I guess also it could be, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't want to, if you don't want to talk about your son on the podcast, like totally, I, I understand, but I was just thinking like also raising a child, maybe that's something that went through your head too. Like if you want to raise him in the same church and the same toxicity, like did that play any type of factor in your decision to leave as well? It did actually. Um, I remember my husband was um getting close to the point uh in his transition where he was about to stop going to church um when we blessed our son um and I remember he came up to me and was like I'm trying to think out the blessing do you have any thoughts and I remember being like kind of taken aback that he asked for my opinion Um, you know because you hear all of those stories where some men will even just get up and like name their child something completely different without talking to their wife yeah so I was like really touched that he asked me and we talked about it for a while and like the main thing we wanted for him was that he would be able to recognize truth And we both had a different idea of what that meant at the time. (laughs) But, like, I, um, that that was what we wanted. I I thought it was true at the time. But looking back, I'm still glad that that was 
what I wanted, what we both wanted for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If we, I don't know, we wanted to raise him in a way where he wouldn't have to deal with the doubt and like the fear that we were going through. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah, so that, that was a big part of that for me. That's why I stayed in for so long, to be honest. Um, but as soon as I made the decision to leave, that was like, um, a big, uh, bonus was being able to choose exactly what I teach him. Yeah. So how long ago was this that you, you know, lost your faith and decided that you no longer believed? Um, so I read the CES letter in, I think, March of 2018. Oh my gosh, I think oh. that's like around the time we started the podcast. Yeah, we. I think we recorded our first episode or released it in, um, in May. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I know I found you guys like that summer. So I I knew it was like pretty soon after you started, but I wasn't quite sure how soon. Oh my God. It's like Celestial Jesus was pointing you in our direction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. Celestial Jesus. <laughs> So um, I'm curious, I don't know if you have more on that journey, but I want to learn more about how you um, learned more about your sexuality and have come to accept that and explore that because I think that's a huge thing that, I mean, like Sarah even mentioned, just as a single person that you you navigate, but especially as a married person navigating sexuality outside of a religion that tells you exactly how you behave and exactly how you quote unquote must feel. <laughs> um, I'm really curious about yeah, your me too. story regarding that. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't immediate after I left the church. Um, but I, let's see. Um, so when I finally let go of the church um my husband and I started talking and we had just seen a lot of friends um kind of rush into experimentation um after leaving and it kind of caused a lot of bumps in marriages and ended some other ones of friends we knew so we were pretty cautious um Uh And so we started by kind of just talking about stuff we hadn't been allowed to really talk about before, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like one of the main points I want to get across is that um, the church gives you like this little box of rules for relationships, you know, and yeah. it doesn't fit everybody. And they're, it's honestly, they're not healthy rules. No. So, yeah. So, I mean, I had, I started therapy pretty soon after I left the church to kind of deal with everything. Um, and, like, one of the things we talked about was um, uh, my relationship, obviously. And so Adam and I just started uh just kind of talking about like all of the typical like relationship rules and 
like what it means to cheat um because we'd kind of been introduced to like oh well cheating doesn't look the same for everybody you know like some people consider looking at porn cheating other people like the line is different right but. oh that's a really good point actually I've never oh okay yeah sorry I'm just pondering that now oh, that's a good point no um but yeah so we we just kind of started talking about like um what we weren't okay with and what we were okay with and um it's kind of still evolving um which makes sense because like you change as you grow and stuff yeah Um, but one of the things we would talk about a lot is just like we just started pointing out people that we thought were attractive like (laughs) as our days went along and most of the people I was pointing out were women and um he was like so you never point out guys that you think you're attracted to like should I be worried about that and um I honestly just hadn't thought about it like I hadn't realized that that's what I was doing um and so we started talking about like if I had thought about like girls sexually at all and I had uh, and I, I'm not going to get into like too much detail um, yeah of course it, I uh, I was very curious about like women and I've always found women in, as a whole very um, beautiful and intriguing and strong and just kind of awesome and that's very like those are all very attractive qualities to me Uh and and so uh, um, we but I I was too nervous to actually like consider like exploring that Uh so we just well I just kind of started with like exploring my own body first Always a good place to start. Always a good yeah. place to start. <laughs> Which I had honestly never done before. And so there was like plenty of stuff to do there. Um, and my husband was very happy to join in with that. <laughs> I bet. I'm sure he was like, um, did you want to explore more today? <laughs> well, I remember the first time I asked him, I was like, so um, I keep, I was on like, a sexuality Facebook page um, and they were talking about all this stuff and I was like I don't know that I've actually like had a real like strong orgasm before like can we just like spend some time tonight and try that and <laughs> she looked at me and he was just like uh yeah <laughs> um, like yes please let's do oh that's amazing love it yeah so honestly like that was an amazing first step was just to get to know myself. Um, and then we, we did a bunch of just silly things like together to kind of gauge what we were interested in. And if there was anything we wanted to explore, um, we would go to 
like little sex shops and just walk around because we just had so little exposure to things beforehand. Yeah, yeah. You guys, I have to admit, I just I went to one. I don't know a few months ago. Again, I'm so bad with time. Sometime in 2020. And I still blush every time I go. And oh, it's I so know. annoying because I'm, like, trying to walk in all confident, you know, like, yeah, yeah, let me get that dildo. Let me get that. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, let me ask you questions. But as soon as the guy that worked there was like, oh, can I help you? I was like, oh, no, I'm just looking. Just looking. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> I think anyway, it, like, sorry. speaks. I think it speaks volumes to like how we were all raised and like the sexual repression of all Mormons, but especially Mormon women. It's like, it's just not something that you ever are taught to experience. So even just, yeah, something small, like exploring your own body or using a sex toy is like, whoa, what is this? Exactly. Yeah. And you, you instantly, I mean, I've gotten past that more so maybe that's, you know, you guys have different experiences but I remember especially in the beginning I still felt so shameful like anytime um you know you get your sex toy out or you want to look at something that's like quote-unquote naughty I would first feel like oh you're disgusting you shouldn't do that and now I'm just like no fuck it you know like it it doesn't (laughs) phase you anymore and it's like it's a beautiful thing it's a natural amazing thing that you should be exploring but we're just taught and especially as Mormon women that it's a sin and it's disgusting. It's something you should be ashamed of. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, tell us more about your sex shop ex- exploration <laughs> with your husband. Well, um, at first it was like, I, I had such a hard time looking at anything in there, but like after a little while, it was like, we thought it was just a really good way to like kind of gauge each other's feelings on different like options. Yeah. Um, and so we would get new ideas and um, it kind of brought up like another uh, uh, theme, I guess, for me, but of just exploration in general and uh-huh. just experiencing as much as life has to offer. Um, but I feel like I spent so long in the mindset of is this the right decision? Is this good? That at first it was really hard for me to do anything out of the ordinary sexually because I was so freaked out about the label or the old feelings that would pop up about being shameful or nervous or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, oh, so many people I know think that that's wrong. Um, that it was really hard to get past that at first. Um, but after a while, um, uh, I was talking to my husband and we kind of figured out that like, uh, that I needed to specifically ignore all labels or else I would like psych myself out. Uh-huh. Um, and then just focus on like the experience, like the experience of it. And uh-huh if it's something that was bringing up those old Mormon feelings, as long as I was like uh, logically okay with it, um, I would try to think about it just as like an experiment. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so it, it kind of helped because we would 
choose something new to do and I didn't have to feel bad or feel like I made a bad decision if I didn't enjoy it, you know? Oh, that's it really smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't have to, even if I liked something, I realized like it didn't have to be something I wanted to do all the time either. Um, which was also like a good thing for me, but, um, and it just kind of helped me get to know myself better for each new thing I would try. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so after kind of getting that, um, idea in my head uh we I don't know how anybody feels about porn but we would kind of just look at I would look at it just because like I knew so little (laughs) Sarah said that before right Sarah you were like I looked at it to like learn (laughs) literally it's so funny that you bring this up like um Greg and I had this conversation over the Christmas break and I don't remember how we got on the subject of porn but we did and I was just saying how it's um like for me it was an educational thing like it was more which is sad I didn't have sex ed I didn't have obviously within the church no one teaches you about sex so Mm-hmm. I really would just look at it as more of like, oh, that's what happens. Oh, that's what it is. And it wasn't until I looked at porn that was made by women for women that I was like, oh, I get it. Now I, it's doing its job. But the porn <laughs> that I would watch, like just the general, you know, ones you can get free uh, anywhere on the internet, I was like, oh, that doesn't look like it would be fun or like that's how it works. Like I'm learning, but like yeah. it's not turning me on in any way like it doesn't seem like it's enjoyable for the woman and then when I discovered oh there's actually porn out there that's created by women for women now I get it that's that's hot um but yeah it was definitely just more of like learning because I was just like you Tan I was very naive like I had no idea like I I talked a big game and people always (laughs) thought like I was a naughty lobster and that I knew all this stuff, but I didn't. Like I was just like, "Eh, I don't even know how that happens. Like I knew it from TV. Like I knew TV sex where there's no foreplay and they just all of a sudden are like, you know, putting the penis in the vagina and that's it. Like, and you're just like, wow, that's how fast it happens. (laughs) Wait, Sarah, I just have to go back a second. Did you say naughty lobster? Yeah, I told that too. <laughs> That's my favorite thing you've said. I, I do have to give credit to my beautiful Swedish friends. Apparently, it's like an expression in Sweden that they translated. Sorry, in Swedish that they translated in English, so they used to say it all the time, and I love it. I love that it's like a naughty lobster. It's so nice. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Okay. Anyways, back on track. Yes. yes porn so education. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and it really, like you said, it really didn't get me going. Um, but I thought it was really interesting. Um, and then we kind of stumbled on um, this channel that was about couples exploring different situations with each other and we kind of liked that idea because um we both kind of missed out on like obviously the sexual exploration stage before marriage but we hadn't like we were both virgins when we got married so um we were both like feeling a little bit chipped 
just because we missed out on that. Um, but we didn't want to just like open our marriage and risk everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so we actually, this is a little embarrassing. Um, we actually got on Tinder. Um, That's not embarrassing at all. That's totally the new way of doing it. <laughs> and just said we we're looking for a unicorn, um, which apparently is a, um, like a single woman that just wants to get with a couple. Um, I learned that from that Netflix show. This again, it's so naive and so basic. But that Netflix Netflix show, You, Me, Her, I think. Have you heard of it? I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard of it either. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So it's like a, a married couple who was looking for another couple. Anyways, it's like a few se- Like I think they have like four seasons of it out now. Um, and it's Amy Poehler's brother who's the star. So he's oh, nice. Like, Anyways, they talk about this unicorn thing, and I at first I thought it was just like a term of endearment, and then I was like, oh no, that's actually like a term that you use <laughs> for someone who's looking to join a couple. So anyway, yeah. But funny enough, I learned about it because I don't know if you know this, Tana, but Sarah knows that I like yeah. really like unicorns because I'm you know basic bitch yeah. and I love everything sparkly, and so I would put like you know I was like oh my god I love unicorns so cute so I'd put a unicorn emoji in my bio of my social media, and then I learned oh boy I not I was not the unicorn they were looking for, <laughs> and I'm just like false advertising myself friends. that's amazing (laughs) love it though but I did know what that was I learned I learned about it (laughs) oh my god um well yeah so we got on there and I had read something about um how like it can be kind of unethical to just like I don't know to look for that type of a situation and so I was like really worried of like doing it wrong Uh um so we were like a little overly specific in our bio um but like we I mean I was very curious to be with a woman and my husband was like well I'd love to join in if you let me but um I kind of just am okay with you just exploring um, but, um, I wasn't totally comfortable with that. So we kind of decided that at least for like the time being, we were just going to do everything together and try uh-huh. and make sure it was as balanced as possible. Um, so, which we actually, we actually found, um, a couple girls that were, um, totally down for like a night stand and just to like have fun and explore uh-huh. um, and it actually turned out really well like no one was left out it was like a really fun exploration thing for all three of us um and it it kind of turned into something that like I don't want all the time like I mentioned before but like every once in a while it's like really fun to kind of be able to be with a woman and my husband at the same time um that's really cool and like I just think that's amazing comparing you know your life three or whatever 
years ago it was and how you didn't even experience orgasm and now you get to explore and experience all this like you said what life has to offer and what's interesting and exciting for you and you get to do it with your husband too which is really cool yeah and I think it's also my favorite parts about sorry um is my husband and I are just like uh we're very close just in general and so it, there's like a huge level of like safety for me there when yeah. we're doing things like that together instead of me just going off on my own to explore this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I can see that. Sorry, I, I interrupted you, Sarah. No, 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 no. I was interrupting you. I was just going to say, like, I think it's echoing what you were saying. It's amazing that you have this partner who's really supportive, but both of you guys can do it together so that I think personally, of course, I've never been in this situation, but it's just something that would strengthen the relationship that you're exploring these things together for the first time in your marriage. It creates this trust and bond, but also going back to your original point of how you, you approached it without labels, but more of just literally what makes you feel good and what turns you on, like without thinking about, okay, if, if that turns me on or if that gets me going, that means A, B, and C. Like instead just thinking of it as this is my body, this is what I personally enjoy, and that's enough. Like I don't need to, you know, put a label on it or go into deeper conversations about it at this point it's just more about okay let's break down everything take away and strip away all those negative associations that we were taught to um, put together with our sexuality and and to basically say that everything outside of Mormon temple marriage is a sin and negative but to really just strip that down to the bare minimum of like who you are and what you enjoy sexually Um, And that's a really powerful thing that I think also not only women in the church experience, but also I think just men and women entirely, but more particularly women just struggle with really finding their sexuality and embracing it and feeling comfortable because they've been taught that that's not something a woman does. Yes. So here's the 2021 of uh, continuing to figure that out and fucking real sexual freedom for everyone that's what I'm sexual about. freedom yeah don't let religion tell you what you can and cannot do with your own body <laughs> oh, <laughs> um so Tana we told you uh this is really interesting she Tana reached out to us and she sent us a message on Patreon kind of like explaining her situation and her story a little bit. And literally within that same hour, we got another email from one of you listeners. Uh, Lindsay, actually, is your name. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Um, and so, Tana, if it's okay with you, I want to read. It's it's kind of a short email, but I wanted to read it because I think you might also be able to relate to it. Oh. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start. I'm let me see. Pull it up here. Okay. So she writes, I grew up be- grew up being told that homosexuality was a sin. No, actually, I was told that, quote, same-sex attraction was a sin. Oh, God. God, I hate that <laughs> phrase. Like, so, you- oh, this also reminds me. I preparing for this episode, I tried to look up on the church's website if what they taught about bisexuality. And of course, you type that in. And the only thing that comes up is 
same-sex attraction, and it's just a bunch Ah. of... (laughs) It's so terrible. Okay, so she writes, anyway, I had always found women attractive, but I didn't think I was gay. Fast forward, I've been married to my husband for four years. I stopped going to church at the beginning of 2020 and officially resigned from the church in October 2020. Somewhere in the middle of that process, I came out to my husband. Note, my husband wants to leave the church also, but he can't at this time. And verbatim, he said, no, verbatim, I said, I think I'm bisexual. And his response was kind of confused. And then he went, duh. It had been pretty clear to both of us for a long time, but I had never said it out loud until that moment. We had multiple conversations about what it would be like for me to date women. My husband felt bad that I never got that experience before getting married. He encouraged me to get on dating apps uh, and date women and or men if I wanted. That was terrifying and exciting and full of so much residual religious guilt. I downloaded a few dating apps and started swiping. Of course, in my bio, I included that I'm married and have a baby, which surprisingly didn't deter women as much as I thought it would. I ended up going on a date with a woman in a non-monogamous relationship that turned into another date and another date and another date. It's been four months and we're still seeing each other. She and my husband get along extremely well. And she is so good with my baby. I don't know what the future will look like, but for once in my life, I'm enjoying dating without the expectation of or pressure of marriage. And now I know I can have sex outside of marriage, and it's even less pressure for it to be serious. This experience has strengthened my marriage in crazy ways. For now, this is need-to-know information for people, and my family doesn't need to know. I don't even know how they'd react, but that's okay. I don't need their approval to be happy. I never pictured my life this way, but I'm so happy with how it's turning out. I never even entertained the idea of non-monogamy until this year. I'm finally free to be my queer self. I can finally stop guilting myself for existing as a sexual being. The proclamation to the family is shaking in its boots. <laughs> oh, yes. So good. Isn't that amazing? And isn't that so, I felt like there was so many similarities to you, Tana, in that message. Both me and Sarah were like, what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. Because what I love about it is that there's so many similarities, but there's also, like, differences in how she approached it and how I've approached it. And they both work. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such a big deal is like communicating with your spouse and being open and honest and just like if your if your priorities are your own self fulfillment and your like if you're in a relationship your like the health of your relationship then you're gonna end up most likely picking a path that is gonna work for you guys in my opinion. Right. And I just love that, like, there are so many similarities between all of those paths and so many important differences, too, because it's so specific to who you are as a person. That's such a good point. Like, there's no one, quote unquote, right or normal way to, like, do any of this and how any of us approach sexuality or relationships. Like, it seems like she's more approaching you know like there's the romantic side as well with the relationship and then there's also the sexuality of it too which I think you're so right it's not a one-size-fits-all experience there's so many different facets and it's so beautiful that people 
especially after leaving religion, can like have the freedom to explore it. It's so great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I also think too, just like bringing it back to what we're taught to think um, in the Mormon church with, in regards to religion, like it's not even, um, how do I put this in words that make sense? Because I'm just struggling today. I'm on the struggle bus, you guys. Basically (laughs) that even when I was approaching relationships that were quote unquote normal, right. Which is not a thing, but I had in my head that every relationship had to be the exact same as what we're taught. (laughs) And anything that strayed away from that, I was like, oh, that means we got to break up or it's got to be done because, you know, it's not exactly how I was taught, which is so ridiculous to think that every relationship should be the same. Obviously, it's not going to be the same because no one person is the same. That's <laughs> exactly. Else. Like, yeah. And you just need to have a relationship that works for you and your partner and just not give a fuck about anyone else and not let anyone else in your business because that's what I struggled with I think the most when I left the church and navigating through dating and relationships was relying on the opinions of others to figure out what I wanted Uh which does Uh not work it's more you know you have to be able to understand yourself like you mentioned like not just in a sexual way but obviously that's very important but mentally, emotionally every way that we were taught not to do in the Mormon church and finding out okay what what do I want? What works for me? How can I translate that into a relationship with someone that involves another person and make that work? Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> well, we're at about an hour, so I don't know if you have any final thoughts, Tana, but this has been really enlightening and lovely for me personally. Oh, me too. Your testimony, Tana, is really empowering. <laughs> Oh, no, this has been so great. Um, And yeah, I think I got across everything in my notes. So I'm good. This has been awesome. We're so thankful that you came out. I know it's not easy to like talk about personal things like this and especially being on a podcast maybe for your first time, but we really appreciate it. And we also, yeah, just... We feel like we know you, even though, yeah, this is the first time we've talked, like, vocally. (laughs) But, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm sure so many people are going to listen to this and just have a breakthrough because the words that you're saying are going to resonate with them. And even though, even me personally, my story doesn't have very many similarities with you, but there are certain things that you said that stood out to me and resonated with me on a, a personal level. Okay. So I'm sure it's going to reach so many people um, and help them on their journey as well. So thank you so much. And also thanks for being our number one listener and Patreon. Like your support is incredible. Like it's literally you and every other person who's supporting us, but I'm going to give you a special shout out because you are number one girl, <laughs> number one. Um, this is what keeps the podcast going in this community that we've built where we can literally help each other out even remotely and across different, you know, I'm in Germany, you guys are in the States. Like it's a really beautiful thing that we have this community together and it's amazing that people like you share your story, um, and just help, help this community grow. Love it. You guys, I have all the feels. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All right. Well, we'll be back. Next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.